You'll have your Bibles this morning. We're going to Matthew chapter 27. It's three to five. I'm going to talk about everyone's favorite Bible character. Judas. Says then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood, and they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Uh, preach a few minutes this morning on the fall of Judas. Let's pray one more time together. Jesus, hallelujah. I thank you, God, for your spirit that's here. God, your anointing, I pray in your name. God, let your will be done this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, challenge us. And move in our midst, I pray in Jesus' name, God. I thank you for what you're doing, God. Continue to work, I pray in Jesus' name, God. Anoint our ears to hear your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you like. You mentioned Judas, and everybody gets quiet. <laughs> and Judas, which I betrayed him when he saw he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, and I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. This is, to me, one of the most tragic stories in the Bible. It breaks my heart. Judas was called by Jesus. He was hand-picked. He was one of the twelve. He was called out by Jesus. It was a big, a big deal. There was a lot of people that followed him because they wanted to, but Judas, and he followed him because he wanted to, but he was also handpicked. He was called out by Jesus. He was a disciple and he preached the gospel. He left everything to follow Jesus, just like Peter and John and, and James and Matthew and all those other guys did. He was sincere as well. He was involved in ministry. He was given the same gifts as the other 11. In Luke chapter 9, verse 1 to 2, it says, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure all diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He was one of those twelve. He was just as called, just as anointed as the other guys were. He was included in everything that Jesus did. He was involved in ministry. He was given power. But his life is a reminder that just because we are involved doesn't mean we have a free ticket to heaven. Amen. Just because we've been used doesn't mean that we're going to automatically make it. Right. It's about having the right relationship after we've obeyed Acts 2 and 38 and following the right way and following Jesus with our hearts. Judas gathered the baskets of leftover food he prayed and he had authority to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to heal diseases. And he saw more miracles in his life than any of us probably will ever see. He saw the dead raised. He saw lame walk. He saw lepers restored. He saw sinners 
forgiven. He was physically close to Jesus all the time, but he missed out spiritually on what Jesus was offering. And we can be in danger of the same thing. We can come to church week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, and some of us have. We can be in His presence. We can be used by Him. We can see our prayers answered. We can see incredible things happen. We can be faithful in attendance, but not in our heart. And we can miss out on what God is actually trying to do. We can miss out on His purpose or on His plan. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. That was what Judas did. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. In the Bible, when it talks about knowing somebody, there's always a sense of intimacy that's applied. There's a closeness, a togetherness. It's not like we say, you know, I know, oh, I know that guy that I saw twice. Listen, the other side of the province, oh, I know, I know him. That's not what it's talking about. It's about being close together. I never knew you. I was never close to you. You were never close to me. You did all these things, but you were never close to me. And there's going to be people who were in the presence of God, who were used by God, who go to church their whole lives, but they've never been close with Jesus, never been intimate with Jesus, never had that connection. It's one thing to come, it's another to be close to Jesus. Keith Green, a singer from the 70s and 80s, you may remember him, mm -hmm. said going to church doesn't make you saved anymore than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. You all, we've all heard this. Or sitting in a garage makes you a car. Just because you go someplace doesn't mean there's a change. It takes more than just being around someone. We all know people who went to school for 12 years and turned out not very bright. There's work that you need to do. You need to apply yourself. You need to work at it. We need to be close to Jesus. Spiritually, not just in his presence, not just come to church, not just do certain things, but we need to be close to him spiritually and pray and fast and worship and, and praise and it should affect the way we walk and the way we talk. And we need to invest our heart into, into this. We all know marriages or relationships that seem to look good on the surface, but their hearts were far away. And when that happens, it usually ends up failing. People that live together and spend time together, but they're not invested with their heart, with their emotions, with love, and it's going to fail. You can't just be around somebody. You need to invest with your heart. And Judas was there for everything that happened, but he never got the vision. He never caught on to what Jesus was teaching. He never caught on to the goal. He never caught on to what was really going on. He directly witnessed the miracles, when Jesus fed 5,000 people, Judas was there. He took the bread and the fish and he distributed it with the other disciples. He gathered up the leftovers. When Jesus calmed the storm, Judas was in the boat. He was there when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. You can't have better evidence for faith 
than what Judas had. And he heard all of Jesus' teachings too. He, he heard the Sermon on the Mount. He, he knew there was a narrow road that led to life and a broad road that led to destruction. He heard the warnings that Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. So he knew there was, there was a hell. He knew there was a heaven. He heard the parable of the prodigal son. So he knew that God was ready to welcome and forgive those that have have walked away. He, and Judas, with Judas's own eyes, he saw the clearest evidence we could ever have. With his own ears, he heard the best teaching. With his own feet, he followed the greatest example, but yet he still betrayed Jesus. And somehow Judas gets sidetracked in all of this. Somehow he misses out on Jesus's vision, and somehow he misses out on his purpose and his plan, and he ends up focusing on his own plan. His own will, what he expects and what he wants. And we can come to church and we can know all there is to know. We can hear the best preaching. We can study all day long. We can read all the books we can find. We can debate and argue and know everything. But if it doesn't get from our head to our heart, then we missed it. Judas made some mistakes. We're going to talk about three of them today. The first one is Judas had his own idea of what the kingdom of God should look like. He had his own goals. He had his own dreams. He had his own thoughts on how things should be run and what should be done and how money should be spent. In John chapter 12, verse 4 to 5, he says, Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Mary came and she offered this ointment to Jesus. He said, you should have did this with it. You're wasting it. What are you doing? And really he wanted to take it, sell it, and take some of the money for himself. But he said, you should have, you should have done this. This isn't the way it should have happened. It should have went this way. And it's easy to be critical. It's easy to judge. Anyone can do it. All it takes is a pair of eyes and a bad attitude. And he got upset because what he wanted wasn't happening. He wanted a, a physical kingdom. He was expecting a physical kingdom. He wanted Jesus to come and overthrow the government and make it like the good old glory days of Israel, like it used to be. He heard stories about kings and, and the temple and the Ark of the Covenant and all this stuff. And that's what he wanted was Jesus to come and overthrow all of this and become a physical king. But when it didn't happen, he lashed out and he betrayed Jesus, he stabbed him in the back. And we can all have ideas of what church or the kingdom of God should look like. And it's easy to get mad and upset when things don't go the way that we think and want it to. Sometimes we want it to be like the good old days. When there's change and it doesn't look like we think it should, we can get upset. And we can lash out like Judas. We can question, we can, we can judge, we can doubt, we can complain. And that's a sign. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but this is going to blow your minds. But God doesn't always work the way that we think He should. Amen. And generally, He won't work the way we think He should. It doesn't make sense to us. And if we get Constantly upset and lash out because of that. We're never going to get anywhere. 
The other disciples, they all expected the same thing. They all expected Jesus to come as his conquering king and take over and raise up the, the, the Jewish nation again. They all expected that. But they continued to follow him anyway, even though it wasn't happening the way that they thought it should. Jesus was more important than, to them than their ideals and what they expected. His plan was more important. His will and his way was more important. What God does is not always going to make sense to us all the time. It didn't make sense with Joshua to walk around walls that they would fall down. That doesn't make any sense. It didn't make sense that Joseph had to go to prison. It didn't make sense that David was anointed to be king, but he had to hide in caves. It didn't make sense for Gideon to take 300 men to take on a whole army with flashlights or torches. It didn't make sense. For Paul to be put in prison when he could be out there teaching and he could be out there starting new churches. But while he was in prison, he wrote some of the finest epistles that we have. It didn't make sense at the time. Sometimes God does things that don't make sense, but it's to us, but it's up to him. Sorry, it's up to us to follow him. The church and the kingdom of God is a living body. It's growing and it's changing. The doctrine, the Bible, the Beliefs, the Holy Ghost, baptism, one God, all that stuff is never going to change. But we grow. People come in that are different than we are. I know it's hard to believe. But the message will never change. But the methods may change sometimes. And change is hard, I know. I'm not the same person I was 33 years ago. I've gained a few pounds. My hair is still the same, but gained a few. <laughs> Growing a bit. But if we stay close to Jesus, if we stay close to, to his vision, his plan, his purpose, and we submit to him, it's going to be okay. But when we don't, that's when things start to get messy. Judas wanted a kingdom. He wanted a physical kingdom set up, and he couldn't, couldn't imagine what God was doing. And he missed out what Jesus was trying to accomplish. And even though he was with him the whole time, he couldn't submit his ideas to Jesus' plan. <coughs> The second thing is Judas's heart wasn't where it needed to be. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? If we're not careful, we can get off track easily. We need to keep our heart right. The world tells us to follow your heart, but don't. Because your heart changes. We need to follow Jesus. When we start following our heart, our feelings, it gets dangerous because feelings are fickle. They change daily. I mean, your feelings have probably changed since you came in here. You know what happens? If we keep following that, we're just going to go nowhere. <laughs> just walking around in circles. It's going to be a mess. We need to guard our heart. We need to not let other stuff in. Things come between us and Jesus. Sin backsliding always starts in the heart. Eve looked at the tree and it was something that was desired to make one wise. It started in here before she did the action, before she actually disobeyed. It started inside and she ate of the fruit. And sin starts in the heart before it comes out. If you have a relationship or a marriage based on feelings, it's not going to last. I don't know about anybody else that's been married, but there's been times where it would have been easier just to See ya. Especially when you first start. Because you're two different people. You don't know how to live with somebody. There's some issues. 
gotta work things out, a lot of compromise that needs to happen. Sometimes it'd just be easier, you know what, I was better on my own, you know. I don't know, who else ever had those thoughts? I'm not saying I have. <laughs> but if we're basing it on feelings, you know, one day I could feel good, the next day I could feel like just running away, you know, that could become a mess. And your relationship's never gonna be healthy, it's never gonna grow if we base everything on feelings. But because you made a commitment, you stick to it. And you work through it. Because you made a commitment. We can't allow our hearts to, to lead us. Judas's heart wasn't in the right place. He cared and he thought about himself and his vision and his goals and his wants and his desires instead of the rest. And because of that, he started losing out with Jesus. John chapter 13, verse 2, it says, And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. So the devil put this thought into Judas's heart because he wasn't guarding it. That he was going to betray Jesus. He put this idea and because he wasn't guarding his heart, it was able to get in there. He didn't guard his heart. He wasn't careful and he allowed room for the devil to move and to speak to him. And it wasn't long from him allowing the devil to put that thought and idea into his heart before he was acting on it. 25 verses later, it says, and after the stop, Satan entered into him. It wasn't just a thought anymore. It was, it was all in now. It wasn't just a thought. And then Jesus said unto him, that thou doest do quickly. And once he allowed that thought to come in. He didn't guard his heart. It wasn't long before the devil was able to work through him. And once it happened, he betrayed Jesus. It doesn't take much. Once we let our heart start to slip, it's not long before we are gone. We need to guard our heart. Relationship. A relationship with Jesus should be the most important thing. Don't let anything come between you and him. Don't let people or things, work, etc., whatever. Don't let anything come between you and Jesus. Jesus is the most important thing. Once we start letting other things into our heart, once we stop guarding our heart, it's only a matter of time before we betray him. And the third thing is Jude, Judas judged how another person worshipped. John chapter 12 again. Verse 3, it says, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of ointment. Then says, One of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, that should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Mary broke this alabaster box. It was very expensive. It was very valuable. And she broke it in worship. And she anointed Jesus with it. And Judas got upset and he said, that's a waste of women. That's a waste of money. That's a waste of time. What do you think you're doing? Just wasting this. And when we become critical of how someone else worships, we can be in a dangerous place. Because you don't know where that person has come from. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know how much that costs. To them. That box of alabaster was very valuable to Mary. It was worth a lot of money, but to her, it didn't matter. Jesus was more important. Amen. You don't know how much it costs. David said, I won't, I won't give anything to the Lord unless it costs me something. 
You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they're going through. You can't judge somebody else's worship and be critical of somebody else's worship. You have to let God judge that. He's the only one who really knows. But when our heart isn't right and we're upset about things not being the way we think they should be, it's easy to fall into the the mode of judging. It's easy to start judging. When the heart isn't right, everything else looks wrong. Uh, When we're not happy, everything else stinks. Anyone else ever had that happen? Have a bad day. No matter what happens that day, everything is awful. I have a lovely child. I won't mention her name. But during camp, she just had a bad day. And everything was awful. Everyone's out to get me. Everyone's picking on me. Everyone, everyone's being mean to me. Nobody listens to me. Nobody's paying attention to me. Nobody's doing this or that. It's just everything was bad because she was having a bad day. And when we allow this into our lives, all we see is the negative. Right. Everything is bad. Matthew 27 again. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Judas had all these things that he did wrong in his life. And all these things are things that aren't hard for us to fall into. And Judas ended up betraying Jesus and turning on him because of these things. Because his heart wasn't where it needed to be. He had his own idea and he couldn't, you know, follow Jesus completely. And he he judged how other people were were living for God and how other people were, were worshiping. And he ended up betraying him. And if we're not careful, we can fall into the same trap. We can fall into the same place and end up failing him. And once Judas did it, he was filled with regret. Once it happened, he's like, what have I done? What have I done? I need to, I need to make this right. Take this. Take it back. I don't want this money. This is, just take it. I don't want it. I, I'm sorry. I betrayed an innocent person. I'm sorry. I, just, I don't want it anymore. He, once he did it, he was filled with regret. And there's not one person who sins or walks away from Jesus who is not filled with regret. I don't care what they say. There's not one person was not filled with regret. The rich young ruler in the Bible walked away very sorrowful because he, he couldn't do it. He didn't want to change. He walked away sorrowful. And Judas was filled with regret and he repented and he said, I'm sorry, which is a good thing for him to do. But Judas still couldn't let go of control. He still wanted to control everything. He wanted to control what Jesus was doing. He wanted to control what happened with the money. He wanted to control other people's worship. And he still couldn't let go of Control. Even to his last breath, he tried to control everything. If he would have just waited for three more days, it would have been a different story. There would have been forgiveness, redemption, restoration, reconciliation. I have no doubt Jesus would have taken him back 
just like he did to Peter. Peter also betrayed him. Peter also turned his back on him. But Peter was close with his heart. And Judas, to the very last, couldn't let go of control. And so he took his own life because he could not see a way out of this. He could not figure a way out on his own. Instead of relying on Jesus and all the teaching that he had been taught, all the things that he had seen, all the things he had heard, he still tried to hold on and control it and figure it out on his own. And he took his own life because he couldn't see a way out. And that's usually how suicide works. We can't see a way out. We can't figure it out on our own. But there is a way. And it's Jesus. Judas only had to wait three more days. He had to trust when Jesus said, destroy this temple and I'll build it again. He had to trust all the things that he was told. But he couldn't give up control. Let's all stand. We don't need help. I don't want to end up like Judas. We try to control everything instead of letting God work, instead of letting God move, instead of letting God lead, instead of letting Him decide who's worship is good or where we're going to go, what we're going to do instead of letting him decide who's going to be saved, who's not going to be saved instead of letting him decide instead of trusting him, when we start trying to control everything, then we lose out like Judas I know things aren't always going to go the way that we think they should, they don't go the way that I want them to either, they don't go the way that I think they should well, Jesus has a plan, and he's working, and it's up to us to follow that. Not what we think, what we want. He's never going to work the way that we think he should. Because that would make us God and not him. If we don't want to end up like Judas, we need to give control over to Jesus. And stop trying to tell him what to do. Stop trying to control everything. Stop trying to figure a way out on our own. Let him work. And let him move. Let him minister. Let him touch. Let him deliver. Let him have his way. We need to guard our heart. Get it right and guard it. Don't let anything else in. Don't let anything come between you and Jesus. Even if it's your own thoughts, even if it's your own ideas, don't let anything come between you and him. Because once something is allowed to get into our heart, it's not long before we're betrayed. Oh, it's a serious one today. I wasn't what you're expecting, but whatever. We'll open the altar. Let's just find a place to pray. Turn everything over to Jesus. I don't want to be like Judas. I don't want to be coming to church my whole life, being used by God, doing all this stuff my whole life, and then miss out in the end because I couldn't let him lead. Let's just find a place and pray. I'm just going to sing. Let's just pray.
it to Him. Turn everything over to Him. Let Him decide. Let Him control. Let Him be King. In Jesus' name.